Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sharkcast Radio, a weekly podcast on all things Cronulla Sharks, brought to you by Dyson Logistics. I am Sharks fanatic Newman, and I am joined as I am every week in the locker room at Sharks Leagues by my fellow Sharks fanatic and good mate Sam. How you going, mate? Top of the morning to you, Newman. What a big week. What a big week. And we have coming up for Sharks and Sharks fans. Get in touch with us as usual, sharkcastpod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. We are everywhere and we're coming to Melbourne to get that minor premiership. Have you seen JJ Giltman go down there and bring his shield back? Now the official records will read that we rolled the lowly Sydney Roosters 37 points to 12 on Saturday night in front of 15,000 rabid Sharks fans. Uh, But that all seems a little bit irrelevant now because all eyes are on the massive game this weekend against the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne. Now, there's a million permeations um, to what can happen, Samuel, so maybe you can run us through uh, the options. It's complicated, but the simplicity of, of it is we win, we get first place, we get a trophy, we get money, and we play in Sydney, possibly on Friday, against another team. If we lose by a small amount and Canberra win by a small amount, we can still come second and we'd play in Sydney and probably on the Saturday against Canberra. Um, There's a way we can come third, which is not very pretty, and that is if we lose and they win by a few points, etc., etc. So the main... There's also a way if if we lose and Canberra lose, we come second and play in Sydney. That's, That's a big one too. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's the one where we both sort of lose by a little bit. So, um, no, that but, doesn't it doesn't matter what the what the uh, the margins are. If we lose and they lose, of course, that is the other one. We're all cheering the West Tigers on. I apologise, our listeners. Yep. West Tigers, come on, let's go West Tigers. But let's go Sharkies, Newman. We're going down to win. Absolutely, mate. And uh, the vibe around the squad. And you'll hear it in my interview that we have later with Andrew Fafita is they are extremely positive and they believe that they can get the job done. Yeah, and we saw that last week against the Roosters, which we'll get into. And, okay, shaky sort of 20 minutes. They didn't play bad, but they were down 12-0 from a, a couple of tries. And to come back third and unanswered 37 points, Newman, um, on the back of a lot of bad press and... And negative vibes. I thought it was a really good show of our spirit. And we need that going into the finals. And I think it was almost the perfect performance in the sense of what we needed. You know, down and out, come back, bit of of, uh, razzle-dazzle, bit of the tough stuff. Paul Gallon, outstanding. So it was a good hit out, that's for sure. Totally, totally. Particularly seeing that we went down 12-0 so early in the piece and then just came rampaging home. But I I got the feeling that I always thought we were going to win against the Roosters, but I got the feeling it was going to be an ugly, scrappy, you know, just get the job done type victory. And that there's no way that that sort of win gets you in any kind of position uh, after the month that we had to be ready for the semifinals. But we're going down to Melbourne with our tails in the air. Um, and both Cameron Smith and Paul Gallen have said in the press this week that there is a real psychological edge if you can get by winning this game coming up on Saturday, going into the four finals, because, I mean, it's likely 
that we will see these guys again, be it in a preliminary final or even the grand final. Well, going into week one of the finals, no matter who you're playing, you want to win. You don't want to go in, as they say, last start losers. But to go in and, in our case, beat Melbourne number one team on their home turf, that would be incredible for the spirit and both the fans and the players. And it would really give them a, a great, uh, you know, boost of energy going into week one of the finals. If you if you don't win, well, as I said, last start loses doesn't sound that great. And you're right, should we face these guys again down the track, it'd be nice to know that we've got them twice in the season already, one out a third time. Absolutely correct. And, I mean, a win isn't vital. That's the beauty of the whole situation. I mean, it's not sudden death by any stretch of the imagination. No. But I'll tell you what, it'd be nice. You know, we've been starved of success for so long. There's all the jokes about the trophy cabinet. I mean, bring that big, magnificent trophy back. Bring it back. I'll tell you what else. Newman. We've earned it. We, we, we as the players deserve it. The supporters I was going to say, yeah, yeah I, I think this team has really earned it. 16 weeks without a loss. Give me a break. That's amazing. They've earned that. They've earned further accolades, which we, you know, we pray that we see this year. And what a great end to the regular season it would be. And, and a just one is what I'm getting at. It would be a just victory. Now, back on the Roosters game, it was just good, as you said, to get... Uh, Fecky and Gallon back yep. into the team, and then we our prediction was that it would make a big difference in our run meters. Yep. And boy, oh boy, were we right about that, Sam? Gee, I tell you what, we're astute uh, judges of the game. <laughs> oh, we do our best. Uh, I think it was what at least four or five hundred more meters than them. And uh, as I said in the intro, Paul Gallon was just remarkable. He was a bit cheeky. He was tough as nails. He even got a try. And he really led from the front. And then guys like Pryor, Luke Lewis, they just they lifted off his performance. I thought the halves were really good. Maloney and Townsend, they were still tinkering things as they went along, but they they got some repeat sets and, and the attack was going really nicely after about twenty five minutes. And the outside backs did what they did, in particular your man Ben Barber. Yeah, and look, it was um a lot of people you, you look back to when we signed Ben Barber and people were like, don't do it. But I watched the breakdown of Matt Elliott through the week and he highlighted how valuable Ben Barber is to the team and how valuable he is to us at fullback. And that value cannot be understated. He's such a good player. He's so dangerous. He's dangerous as a ball player. He's dangerous out the back as a threat. So eyes are always on him. What's Ben Barber going to do? So it creates options for others. And he's just so dangerous in that loose ball scenario where the ball's on the ground, he can pick it up and hair off. And once he breaks the line, he very rarely gets dragged down. He all, almost always beats the uh, the fullback. And he went past Latrell Mitchell like he was bolted to the ground, which is just unbelievable. But And then the work that he does in defense. Yeah. He's a huge uh, mechanism, in this, in this mechanism in this team. The other two names I wanted to bring up were Paul Gallon and Jimmy Maloney. Paul Gallon, I have always a long time had a sneaking suspicion that he wasn't that motivated for a premiership for the Sharks. He was always sort of distracted by other issues, mm. carrying the weight around of being a big identity in the club, and the premiership sort of took a backseat to other more present issues. I get the feeling he really wants it this year. He knows that the end's coming, and he's just playing in a fashion that is going to give us the best chance to win that premiership. 
It's and a very, very interesting point you raised there, Newman, because when you first uttered those words just then, I was about to interrupt you like I sometimes can, and I was about to say that's a ridiculous statement. But then I was thinking about it as you spoke, and I don't know if anyone can question his will to win a premiership, but what, from my opinion and what you just said, Newman, I think you're right in the sense that he's a realist. So between certain years, he probably thought, oh, it's not going to happen this year. But I think... 2013, he probably thought it would happen. And I think last year he thought it would happen. And I think this year he knows it can definitely happen. And I think that would boost him an extra notch. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think he focused 100% on the goal. And he knows what it takes, where his role is. I mean, he essentially played as a prop. We've talked about our lack of prop depth. He's just sliding in there. And even though he's not a giant body, he just wins the contact every time. The other thing I wanted to talk about is how good Jimmy Maloney is as a half. Yep. He's better than Todd Carney. I'm putting <laughs> it out there right now. Well, that's that's neither here nor there. He's a great competitor. I don't think I realized what a competitor he was till he came to our club and I focused on watching him every week. You know, and then we talked about it in preseason. I was a bit sort of fixated on his missed tackles, but... When he and it hasn't actually been that bad, but when he does miss tackles, he's going in there with all his heart and trying to do his best. He's just a tiny human being, but he's got a big ticker. His attack and his kicking is wonderful, and he's a great competitor. He's he's always getting in there and, and doing his best for the club, and that's all you can ask. And he's experienced, and he might win. What would it be? His fourth minor premiership. If he gets the minor premiership, that's his fourth in a row. Wow! And that is no mistake because. Not only does he have all the attributes that you said he has, the, the tenacity, the, uh, the speed, um, he has what is pretty rare in rugby league. He is a very, very smart player. Yep. He's in the Cameron Smith realm of ability to read the game and to know what happened. And very rarely does he get it wrong. He got it wrong in the South game, no doubt about it. But other than that, he's just been phenomenal. So uh, a great victory lap for the team on Saturday night. There's not too much point in, in going over uh, ground that's nearly a week old. We're looking forward to the semifinals. Hey, Newman, buddy. I was on the internet and I bought this amazing product, but there was no shipping involved. I don't know how to get my product from America to Australia. Don't give one of those big corporate logistics companies a call. Get in touch with our mates, Dyson Logistics. They can ship anything from an envelope to a 40-foot container, air freight, sea freight, rail, road. They can do all your customs clearance, and they'll do it at a fraction of the cost of those corporate competitors and with the best service you can possibly expect. How do I get in touch with these guys? Newman, they sound amazing. Man, you can call them on 833-91844, but the best way is to go to Dyson, which is D-Y-S-O-N, logistics.com. That's DysonLogistics.com and tell them the Shark Cast sent you. And now it's coming to the time of the show where we see what news has washed in across Botany Bay towards the mangrovey shores of Southern Cross Group Stadium. So Newman, a bit of a different start to the news this week. It's just broken as we've been recording this podcast that Andrew Fafita has indeed been consorting with known criminals. And 
it's been revealed in various media outlets now who that criminal was. And that is someone who's doing or was punished for 10 years, sentenced, found 100% guilty for being a coward punch, one punch killer to a very young man uh, a few years ago in King's Cross. It was a very notorious case. Uh, the nation had a heavy heart for the family of the victim. And the guy that did it is an absolute lunatic. And this now brings in a different light to what's going on with Andrew Fafita. Now, we should also say he hasn't done anything illegal. And it's been well known that he's been friends with this guy, very good friends with this guy who's in jail. He's, he's uh, defending a friend. He's saying well to a friend. We can cop that. What I personally cannot cop, and Newman will have you say, is that six or seven times this year on his arm, on national television, he's had three letters there which pretty much say, free my friend who was found guilty of being a coward punch murderer. I cannot condone this at all. I think that he should be punished. And I think it makes the club look embarrassing and it makes them look like they have no morals at all. And we've come so far to clean this club up and I'm so pissed off right now, as you can hear. And fair enough, there's further stuff that's going to come to light. But what we're hearing is reported in various outlets and as usual, as a Cronulla fan, we're the victims because we're on the eve of their biggest match in so long, and this is all we're hearing about. Newman, what are your thoughts? If you watch Sharkhouse TV this week, you would have seen that I had an interview with Ricky Latelli, uh, which was recorded on Wednesday. What is not known is at the same time, about five minutes after that, I recorded an interview with Andrew Pafita, and I knew something was up when the club got in touch and said, we can't air that interview. He, Andrew, this was about an hour before the police showed up and trained um, to warn him, officially warn him for consorting with uh, known criminals. And he was acting like the way he, it was just none the wiser. He was just happy and breezy as if nothing was wrong. And I'm in disbelief, just like you are, Sam. I'm, I'm torn. A big part of me says that he should be walked from the club straight away because he's caused so many problems before. And then another part of me is like, well, are we going to throw the season away because he's an absolute moron? I mean, what do you do? It's, but it's just typical. It's always something with this club. And Andrew Fafita, why would you free this grub? Why would you free him? He should have been locked up for longer than what he got. What he did to that family was a disgrace. And I'm fuming that he has embroiled our, our great club in this issue. I mean, that's just unbelievable. I mean, disbelief, Sam. See, Newman, if you told me what had happened was Andrew Fafita was really good friends with this person and he was sticking by his friend and he was going to visit him once a week and he was encouraging rehab and education and all that and religion and whatever else, I would go, wow, Andrew Fafita's got a heart and good on him. And you know what? That must be a difficult situation to put yourself in because you're a father and you're a very public figure and you're doing this to help your friend. And at that point you go, your friend's a moron, but no no dramas. But to, to make it 
a public story and to put that on your arm, knowing that probably somewhere down the line it's going to come to light, particularly because you've had trouble with that before. And then in other instances where you've stuck up for other friends who are also criminals who have caused trouble overseas and at home and currently face severe legal action in another country, I think that you need to have a look at yourself. And you know what? Andrew Fafida is, what, top three best players we have. He's unbelievable on the field. Yes, he does stupid things on the field, which we talk about, but they don't really seem to matter right now. But the club has to draw a line. And, okay, they might they may not boot him. That's fine. But they need to rein him in and rein him in today. He can play on Saturday night. That's fine. Public apology. Acceptance of being in the wrong. Do you know, Newman, if, if, if I was, as a Fox Sports employee, if I did that in a public light, say on my Twitter or whatever, I'd be sacked immediately. On the spot. And you on would too in your, in your line of work. I'm in disbelief that this is happening, and I'm in disbelief it's happening right now. And this is not some agenda by the media. All you Sharks fanatics can bring up everything you want about how everyone hates us. You know why people are starting to hate us, Newman? And, and it's, I hear it every day. I hear negative things about the Sharks every day, which I choose not to, you know, get into. But it's because of things like this. Absolutely. And it's getting Absolutely. more and more common. And I have to wonder what's going on down at the club from the top, from the very top, down to the coaches and down to the playing staff, what the hell is going on? Because, as I said, stick up for your mate all you want, but don't you bring this great club into it, and don't you bring these great fans who pay their hard-earned money. I mean, Newman, I'm paying like over a 1000 bucks between two seats to sit in my seat and watch this guy go around. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah and look, I, I, I go even further than that. I don't think you got a right. You got a right to support. Like if you, as you said, if you want to support him towards rehabilitation, but he's doing more than that. I mean, what is he? What is he saying? There's an injustice done here to the killer. It's just unbelievable. I don't know what else we can say here. It's a bit of a watch this space. Let's see how it plays out over the next couple of days. But I, for one, am pretty disillusioned and disheartened with Andrew Fafita. Got a long way to go to make it back up to me as a supporter. A long way to go. In all seriousness. So we recorded this podcast earlier this morning. We're redoing this right now. In between that time, I went out to get a coffee and I put on my hoodie. It's raining. I put on my shark's hoodie. I wear it every freaking morning. I'm out there wondering if people think I condone this bloke being free. That's, that's what it's come to. That's the way it shakes down. That's the way it shakes down. So disappointing. On the eve when we should be talking minor premiership and, we, and as you said, we recorded a podcast earlier and it was all positive. It was all about minor premiership. Now we're talking about this. It looks like it's going to be the kind of issue that derails our campaign, the finals campaign. It's just always something with this mob. It's so disappointing. I've I got nothing else to say. We were joking about it on Sharkcast TV because we didn't know what was going on. We thought, oh, he's hanging out with a bikey or two or whatever. Yeah, yeah, ha-ha, funny, do what you want. Had we known that, we'd be going just as hard on that TV show as we are now, and we'd have Robbie Willis walking off the set because he wouldn't be able to say a word about it, and fair enough about that too. I hope it doesn't derail us. I don't know if it necessarily will, but gee, as our premier front rower, you got to think it's, it might affect him a little bit. But then 
given the size of this bloke's brain, maybe it won't affect him at all. got some lower grade results there for us, Sam. Look, it's all sunshine for the Cronulla Sharks, for the Newtown Jets. The under-20s team had another win, and they are top four bound. I can't wait to see Johnny Morris in the finals with his young team, Lachlan Stein, killing it. Um, and the Newtown Shark Jets, you might be able to correct me here, Newman, they were down, what was the score? They were down 38-12? They were down 38-12 with 20 minutes to go and scored six tries in the last 20 minutes to win 40-38. to Now, I spoke to a mate of mine who goes to all the Jets games, and he said he was walking out and ended up watching the final like end of it by the gate. And he said that they just... I mean, that's one of the biggest comebacks you can ever imagine. 38-12 and the comeback and win 40-38. That puts them also in the top four. They have a semi-final this weekend because yep. they're rolling the semis this weekend against the first place Mounties. This on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if it's on Fox or not, but keep an eye out for it. If you want to follow the Newtown Jets, uh, follow Steel Sports. Our mate Albie, um, he does the Newtown Jets podcast. Follow Steel Sports on Twitter, and he will give updates and video updates on what is happening. Uh, So get behind the Jets. Got our boys in there. And um, we're a chance now, Samuel, A, for the club championship, and B, to have three teams represented in the big dance. It's remarkable. It's such a turnaround, and it's a real strength of the club. And as fans, supporters, members, we should all be so proud of this aspect. Like, there are things you don't like about your club. There are things you don't like the way it's run or a player or whatever, coach. But I'm telling you, as a fan of this club that has been through so much turmoil, if you're not proud of the fact that we're in the top four in three grades, oh, you know, you can't be pleased. No, no. It's sunshiny days, mate. Sunshiny days. Uh, do you want to talk about Jack Bird? Yeah, so Jack Bird came out in the press um, and he basically said that he's been playing injured for the last few months and... That is one of the reasons why he's down on form. I thought it was a pretty ballsy move in the sense that he's admitting that he's probably not how he... He's not as dynamic as what he was earlier in the season and last year. We've seen it as fans. I don't think it's, you know, that dire that he has to do a press conference about it. He hasn't been shocking. He just hasn't been himself. Well, he, was, well, he didn't call a press conference. It was the standard weekly media call that our mate Rob Willis organises. and all. So what happens in the rugby league world for our listeners is the club will arrange a media call every week. And it happens on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and they offer up players. Um, and it gets a bit monotonous because there's only 20 players to call from. There's like 32 weeks of the season, if you include pre-season. And, you know, the media turns up at Shark Park. And there's a few players that just aren't very like don't like media and don't speak very well, so they generally don't do it. So you end up getting the same faces all the time. And Jack Bird's one of those ones who's willing to put his hand up. I mean, he's been great to us at Sharkcast TV well, and radio. I was going to say, Newman, he doesn't hold back from talking about anything, and he and he and he actually likes to talk a lot. And it's hard to sort of get a word in. And I think that's what, what's happened on this occasion. And he's just been honest and. Um, I, I don't really like the fact that he's done it. I think it's sort of showing a bit of weakness and playing against the best team in the in the comp this week. You know, they're probably going to try and tweak that shoulder a bit. But he's a tough kid. He is a kid, which we all forget. 
And I'm back. But in he min- has been down on form, Sam. Yeah, he has. You, he has. You and I argued about this, but he's missed 54 tackles or something like that. And 54? His first, yeah. His first contact has been he's going. Poor. He's going way too high. He's going way too high in his tackling technique. Um, and his passing to Val has been off. We've talked about it. You're right. He is down on form. Um, but, gee, there's a lot worse players in the comp than Jack Bird. And I think he's going to lift for the last sort of four or five weeks. He's going to lift. He has to. You get the feeling that he's a big game player, and yeah. I get the feeling he's just been waiting. He was really captain, coach, and exec, and the chief selector of the whole. These last four weeks don't count. Just get me into the semis, mm. gang, mm. and I think he'll explode on Saturday night. So yeah. beware the Melbourne Storm. And the other news this week was Cameron Smith, unsurprisingly, coming out into the media and trying to influence the referees. I uh, nearly fell off my chair when I saw him say that the uh, refs need to uh, referee the game in the spirit of the game, which I thought was a hilarious double standard from a man that continually plays the game at the edge of the envelope and could very much be, uh, despite being a champion player, could very much be uh, described as someone who does not play in the spirit of the game. Sam, what was your take on it? Uh, look, I'm getting more worried as the hours pass. And speaking of the hours passing, put it on Channel 501 for you, Foxtel subscribers. They've got a countdown to the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about that? That's a first. And I'm a bit worried about Cameron Smith because not only is he a fantastic player, um, he's a player in a lot of other ways. And I am starting to fear, the more I hear about it, particularly from you, that what he has said in the press might have a bearing on the referees. And in a perfect world, it shouldn't. And in a perfect world, they should just go out there and referee the game. But knowing that we've got the Gallons and the Fafitas and the Ennises and the Birds in our team, and the fact that we're the second most penalised team in the comp, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, it was totally a tactic from, from Smith. He knows that he plays on the edge of the envelope and he's trying to exert influence. And... Look, it does tell me that he's a, he's a little bit worried. I can't stand the way he plays. He's a great player, but he's grubby and, you know, chicken wings. And he's always got his, you know, you notice how often he gets tripped up in the rock and he's always got his hands all over people's faces. And I've spoken to a few players and he's a champion at stepping on their hands and stuff like that. Mate, I'd love to see, to see him get marked for 10 was music to my ears. But... Uh, It'll be interesting to see who has the most influence because Gal came back on the Big Sport Breakfast and said that, you know, beware refs, he's just trying to influence you. So let's see how the referees referee their game. And all we're asking for is a fair shake. We don't want yeah. any preferential treatment. Yeah. We don't want the Storm to get any preferential treatment. We want a nice open game of footy where they're able to play and the best team can win. Wouldn't it be fantastic if it just didn't matter, you know? It didn't come into it because... For example, our team won by 12 and the refereeing didn't matter and the penalties didn't matter. I do hope that Flano and the coaching staff have drilled into their head that against the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne, you can't do all the rubbish stuff you've been doing all year. You can't hold down the player. You can't flop. Do not flop. If someone flops, $5,000 fine (laughs) towards the end of year celebration holiday. You, yeah, but you've got to control the ruck speeds. So yeah, but like Newman... You've got to control the ruck After speed. all that's happened... I'm not saying they just r- jump off the player, but I'm just telling you, if they don't play smart, they're going to get done like a hot dinner. They're always... Coaches will always say, we've got to test the referee out. We've got to find the limits of how much we can hold down. And if we give away a penalty early 
at least we know where the limitations are. And coaches will always say that. So as long as there's no dumb penalties... This is what but, I'm getting at. But we've, we, have to, uh, we have to control that ruck speed, otherwise they will kill us. Newman, I'm heading down to the bottle. What do you want, buddy? Yeah, man, I don't go down to the bottle. You know me, I only drink Shark Island Brewing Company beer. Shark Island Brew? What's that? Man, in Sutherland Shire, we've got our own dedicated craft brewing company. They brew a range of different delicious beers. They're all local shark supporters, and they're just a local business having a go. Sounds too good to be true. You can go down to Unit 8, 29 to 33, Warwick Street, Kirawee. They have cellar doors on Thursday, 3 to 7 o'clock, Friday, 2 to 7 o'clock, and Saturday, 12 to 7 o'clock. You can buy takeaways, or they'll fill up your growlers once a month. They have cellar door where they have a food truck in and they pump the tunes. Sam, you've got to get down there. I can't wait, buddy. Try and stop me. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days are gone. I'm a going home. My baby has to hold me a letter. I don't care how much money I got to spend. Got to get back. And now it's coming to the time of the show where we go at the front of Shark Cast Pod headquarters at one Batless Town Struggle Street and see what that little sharky who rips around the neighborhood on a high vis motorbike has shoved into the hole in the fence. The letters section was the first cab off the rank this week, Sam. And don't forget, you can get a sharkcastpod at gmail.com. Our good friend Michael Language in uh, Canberra, he is having a Bucks party, Newman. So congratulations to him and his lady friend for making it official. Guess where they're having the Bucks party? Uh, a strip club at King's Cross. Well, no, Mike Baird shut that down, so no, you can't do that. Melbourne. Wow. Stop the fight. You win. Stop the fight. That congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. Congratulations, Michael. Now, Michael was down this weekend for the Roosters game and he didn't say hello. What are you doing, mate? What is happening there, Michael? But congratulations, mate. Go hard or go home and uh, have a great night and hopefully the boys can get the win for you and uh, start the weekend off on a good note. Now, we've got another email from Dan from Menai and he says, uh, what are our thoughts on the media speculation that Robbie Farrah is heading to the Shire? Oof. I personally think it's thought, short-term thinking by Flano, considering we have New Brown and Sherrington plus, plus the Braley boys. Um, the current lot of players at the club all seem to get on and will Robbie fit into our current culture? Now, before you comment, Samuel, I have done a bit of um, research into this issue. Now, the offer that we've given to Robbie Farrah is a short-term offer, two years, with a view that he hands over to the likes of the Braley boys and Kyle Flanagan. And Maniah Charrington will play a big part in the team. The other bit of um, information that I have been given is that he is relatively well-liked. Wade Graham gets on with him. Paul Gallen gets on with him. And all the ex-Tiger boys that came through the club love him. So, fire at will. Oh, no, I'm not going to go too hard. I mean, I'm not a fan of Robbie Farrah as a player. I don't know him as a person, so it's probably not fair that I talk about that stuff. I hear rumours, etc., as a player, I honestly do not think he's a good hooker. He was a good hooker in 2005. It's now 2016. I don't rate him. I don't think he should have been in the New South Wales team. I'm not suggesting he's a second-grade player, but I just don't think that his style of football is really 
you know, that important these days, and I don't think it would fit into our way of playing, and that's just my opinion. Um, I would prefer, like, our listener there to, you know, look to the future. I think I think we have enough talent there to cover it, but I understand what you and other people are saying, and if he comes, I'm going to give him a fair slate, but I personally don't think we need him. Okay, I, I'm a fan of bringing him on. I think it's a look. It's not perfect, but it's sensible. Um, I think that the vacuum left behind by Michael Ennis, I would love for Michael Ennis not to be retiring and to get two more years. And I think he'll play two more years. But once he leaves, there's too big a hole. I don't think New Brown can fill that hole. And I don't think Manaya Cherrington is the kind of player that can fill the hole that you really need a strong and dominant nine that steers your team around the park. And I think that your your assessment of his form is totally fair. It's not been great. But I reckon that put him in a different environment with a different coach and he's not wearing a black and gold jersey, he will come good. But it's all speculation. It looks as though he's going to South. Okay, last email for the week is from Craig. And Craig says, do either of you guys know much about the new recruitment guy we got from South? Also, a special mention regarding Matt Pryor. He has been awesome this season. Uh, I don't know too much about the recruitment officer. I know he's walking into some big shoes because the recruitment's been fantastic. Um, and I agree with Craig. Matt Pryor, as I've spoken about week upon week, he's just been fantastic. I hope he keeps it up and he's really proving a point. So I'm very happy to see him play that way. All right. We've got a trivia question this week, Sam. We do. The question to win a $50 voucher to the locker room at Cronulla Leagues Club is, who kicked the winning field goal the last time the Sharks won in Melbourne in 2008? The first person to get in touch with us via Twitter or email, sharkcastpod at gmail.com or at sharkcastpod on Twitter, will win that voucher. Okay, and I'll tell you what, there's some hot competition for the vouchers. I've got to give, send a shout-out to our mate Lynn from Caringbar. She has answered correctly every week and missed out by about five minutes. So, Lynn, get in early. Um, it is the first person to get in, uh, so you have to be quick. Because Lynn is one of our most astute listeners, and that is, I know. That is criminally unfair, I'm going to say that. So, Lynn, get in there quicker. We want to give you a voucher. All right, we're going to cut to a break, and on the other side, we'll come back with a preview of the Storm game. This is Shark Cast Radio. Let's have a look. He's got the ball. He's got oh, the no. ball. He's got the leg out. The leg's out. The Sharks will win. The leg is out. The Sharks will win. The Sharks have just realised... Looking at the big screen, there's a foot gone out. The crowd then resumed where they were a matter of 10 seconds ago. Welcome back to the show. Now the biggest game of the year and our first shot at the minor premiership since 1999 happens at 7.30pm on Saturday night. I believe that the game is uh, ready to be a sellout. Uh, it's not like anyone's going to be walking up. You would have needed to have made major preparations and got your tickets. I know that there will be a big contingent of travelling Sharks fans. However, if you are not going to the game, we cannot stress how good it is to go down to the Leagues Club. They will be having a function in the summertime bar with all kinds of uh, bars, food, uh, beverage specials, food specials. There'll be face painting for the kids. The mermaids will be there. It'll be a stadium atmosphere 
in the summertime bar and, of course, in the locker room. Now, Sam, do you have a team for us which will bring home the JJ Giltman Shield uh, in Operation Get JJ? I've got a team for you. Your Cronulla Sutherland Sharks going down for the minor premiership to play Melbourne at Amy Park on Saturday night, 7.30pm, live on Fox Sports only. What about that, Channel 9? Ben Barber at fullback. Your wingers are Sasaya Fecky and the future Valentine Holmes. Centers are Jack Bird and Gerard Beale. Halves are James Maloney and local junior Chad Townsend. Big Andy Fafita and our man Matt Pryor of the props with Michael Ennis hooking the scrum. Excellent back row, Luke Lewis, Wade Graham and Captain Paul Gallen. And on the bench, four forwards, Newman, how good's that? We've got Captain America, Joseph Paulo, Chris Hyington, Jesse Senny Lafeo, and Jason Boogs. I'm in form. Give me a new contract. Let me sign a peculiar. Beast mode. Total beast mode. Yep. And uh, was there any news around some suspensions? The big fella uh, for Melbourne is not playing Nelson. Asoma uh, Solomona, and we can all put our hands together and thank goodness for that because they're a giant... Uh, forward pack, and he's a really talented fellow. I think he's the biggest fellow in the comp, and him missing is a good thing. All right, Samuel, we are outsiders. $2.75 we are playing at the tab. I'm not going to go into too much analysis. The way We know the way to beat them. The Brisbane have set the blueprint, and we did the same to them earlier in mm-hmm. the year. You've got to bash them in the middle in defense, really get up in their face and get them off their game, but you've also got to move the ball around. Five drives and a kick will not work. No, no, and that's where I want to see little Benny Barber getting involved in the middle and around the back. And using our outside backs once the platform has been laid, I think it's going to it's going to be a successful platform. And you just have to do those one percenters against this team. You cannot take your eye off the prize for eighty minutes. It's cliche, but it's true. And you don't want to play from behind necessarily against this team because if they get to a 14-0 lead, for example, they're like a snake and they're going to strangle the life out of you. Not to say we can't come back because we can, but let's start well early and build the win from there. And I, I'm, I'm not uh, without confidence. Newman, uh, without confidence, they're a, they're a really good team, a one-town team. We're a little bit against it, I think, but. Knowing the team we have and what they did last week, let alone earlier in the year, I think that we're a real chance. Yeah, Melbourne hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us. No. Um, we've had nothing but heartbreak at Amy uh, Park, but what better time to go down there with the minor premiership on the line and broke, break the hoodoo. We've been breaking hoodoos all year, Yes. and uh, why not break another one? And we've got to break the biggest hoodoo of them all to get the, the, um, the, the big show. So why not get the minor and the major in one go? And look, being around the squad as I was when I recorded that feeder interview, the energy around the boys is palpable. And uh, maybe it's the case that Melbourne have been there before, done that. You know, our youthful squad with everything to play for might just get the jump on them. But we're going to need luck and we're going to need uh, skill and we're going to need everyone playing at the top of their game. Where are you going to be watching the game from, Sam? I am going to do my best to get down to the Leeds Club Last time I was there to watch a game, it didn't go so well. I'm looking to turn that luck around. And I think they're going to have a really good uh, experience, as you said before, down at Leeds Club. So um, that's what I'm hoping to do. 
All right. Now, this is a strange shout-out. If anybody is in the Cooma area, I will be in Cooma on Saturday night at the Alpine Hotel. So if anybody wants to come down, me and my friend Jimmy will be watching the game uh, in our Sharks colours in the Cooma Alpine pub. Beauty. So uh, if you want to have a bit of a Sharks party, please come down. Everybody is welcome. That sounds awesome. It should be. And I'm just uh, looking forward. I, oh, Sam, I've got to say, I'm pretty nervous. Look, I am, I am it, too. There's so, there's so much can go right and so much can go wrong. And this is the beauty of sport. It is the beauty, but it's also the tragedy because I cast my mind back to a year and two weeks ago when you and I were down at the locker room and we had some expectations and they got dashed really quickly and a pretty bad loss. And we've come a long way since then and it's a different team. And there's no, I'm not suggesting that any of that will happen on Saturday night, but I just remember the hype and the build-up, and it's the mm. same this time around. But good coaches and good players turn that experience around. So I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit anxious about what's going to happen, but I'm also going in with some faith that they're a really good team, and they've given us pretty much nothing but highlights all year, which we should be thankful for. And there's no reason why they can't keep that going. They're playing a really good team. You don't like them. I like one player in their team, but they're they're a good team. They're, they're coming first, and it's not a fluke. Oh, the only no, reason they haven't won player. a million games in a row is because they played St George without their Origin players. That was the one game they dropped. So aside yep. from the Brisbane game, so um, it's going to be tough. But you know what? We're a tough team. One to seventeen. There's a lot of talent, and we're going to win. Let's just win, baby. Just reflecting on that as you talked about last year, we're in a mile better position than we were. If you recall, we, oh, we had we were playing for a top four position in the Canary Yellow disaster, and we didn't win. We got beaten by Manly, who were outside the top eight. Um, so the equivalent to that would have been losing to the Roosters on the weekend, and we blew them away. Yep. Then we played Souths, who were shot absolutely shot. Yep. They finished eighth, limped into the finals, and we finished fifth. And then um, we went on to play the Cowboys in Townsville Now, and who went on to win the comp. Yep. And it, what now that you reflect on the way that that season pointed out, we weren't in anywhere near as good a position as what we thought. No, and as I said, different team, you know, halves, mm. different Robson. players. So... I'm not. Uh, all I'm saying is it has that feel. But yeah, you're right. If you look at it, it's not. It's not a realistic comparison. And as you said, that Souths game, I forgot how underdone they were. The, the Rabbitohs. So, um, look, I'm excited. The countdown's on, and uh, it's pretty much all I can think about. So let's go out there and uh, let's cause a bit of an uproar and let's let's do it. Now, Samuel, you are blowing the dust off the cover of a seven-inch record, which we are glad to see. Again, it is holding together, and it's definitely got a few more plays in it. So drop the needle in the slot, play it loud, and play it proud. And as we say every week, bring JJ home. Operation JJ, up the Sharks. No fear, baby. Let's do it. Shots! 